This is episode 388, Why You Feel Lost with Michael. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hope you're having a beautiful week and happy day after Valentine's Day. Hopefully a lot of you who are looking to call in love were able to catch our love masterclass. If you didn't, you can catch the replay when you sign up at christinehaster.com slash love masterclass. We also invited all the participants and I'm inviting all of you into our Be The Queen program. Those of you who are ladies who want to call in your man, your love of your life, your match, your partner, the person that ends all dating, <laughs> which I'm sure for a lot of you would come as a relief. Our Be The Queen program starts the end of February and it's one of my most favorite programs that I do. You've heard me talk about it a lot on the show, I'm sure. It was based on my own journey of being so sick of dating advice and having no luck with it that I came up with my own program for calling in my person and it worked, totally worked. And so the program is based off of that and I teach it with Steph. We do teach it live. There is a non-live program that you can go at your own pace available. And then the live program is just really, really special. And included with the program is a one-day retreat that's going to happen in October of this year in San Diego. So for more information on that, go to christinehaster.com slash be the queen. If you have any specific questions, you can email jill at christinehaster.com and she's happy to answer any of your questions. There is a bonus call February 21st if you sign up before the 1st. And after that, we start the curriculum on February 28th. All right. So today's show is with Michael and he's talking about how he feels lost and he keeps checking things off the list. He keeps climbing a mountain, achieving a goal, but it just doesn't have the satisfaction that he wants. And this is a really important episode because I talk about a childhood injury that so many of us experience that lead us to feel very lost in our lives. So as you're listening to this episode, consider, did you have to morph yourself as a child in order to be accepted, in order to feel not so different? Did people say that they accepted you, but inside you always felt different? Have you climbed a lot of mountains, gotten to the summit and looked around and gone, wait a second, <laughs> this is it? And now you're looking for your next mountain to climb. And finally, have you ever dealt with depression, feeling low, even those deep, really dark nights of the soul where you've even considered ending your life? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Michael. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this week. And I cannot tell you how excited I am about this sponsor because I am obsessed with this product. It is called Sensate and I have one. I actually got one. And it was like, I have to have them as a sponsor on my podcast because I love this thing. So what it is, it's an infrared resonance device that when paired with the sessions in the companion app works towards reducing stress, improving well-being, and helping sleep. So I got to admit, since postpartum, I've had a lot of trouble sleeping. <laughs> now, Athena's sleeping better, but my cortisol is all messed up. My sleep patterns are all messed up. And just being a mom in that first year my brain is wired to just kind of be half asleep because I'm always wondering if my baby's okay. And I've needed things to help calm my nervous system, to help regulate. And I put this on my chest. You put the device on your, on your chest 
and it vibrates and pulsates and does all this really cool thing that impacts your, your vagus nerve. And I swear I go to sleep. (laughs) It's so amazing. So what it does is it emits these infrasonic sound waves that are synchronized with the soundscapes in the app to provide deep relaxation in 10 to 30 minute sessions. So it helps release stress, anxiety, but also increases your stress resilient over time, improves your heart rate variability and helps with better quality sleep. I can attest to that. So it works on toning your vagus nerve, which is all something that we need to tone and relax. I love this thing and I'm excited that you get a $30 off code to use when you go and purchase one. It is worth the investment in my experience. I got my parents one for Christmas. I really do love this thing. So go to getsensate.com and enter promo code over it in the checkout box. So Sensate is spelled S-E-N-S-A-E. T-E. So again, get sensei.com, use promo code over it in the checkout box to get your $30 off. All right. And now on to my coaching call with Michael. Michael, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thank you so much. I think sort of the quick and dirty of it is I'm 38. I've been through the mastery program. I've done a lot of self-work. I've had a lot of life ups and downs. And at this point, I've sort of lost the plot. I'm kind of going in circles. I'm asking myself, what's my life's work? I have a lot of freedom. What do I do with it? I'm just sort of lost direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I always like for people to define what they mean by lost. So what do you mean by that? Sure. So so where I originally kind of got into your work is through expectation hangover. So mm-hmm. I've been down the career road. I've had high-powered, high-money-making type of jobs. I've had satisfaction from that. And I've kind of climbed the mountain, looked around, and been unfulfilled. Mm. Similar stories in my love life, my relationships, um, I've pursued what, you know, I think I've been programmed, conditioned, told to do for all my adult life and found those things not fitting, not working. Um, and even to, to some extent in the last handful of years in spiritual work, uh, self-discovery, therapy, all the modalities that one can kind of pursue in woo-woo and new age things, not to say that they haven't helped, but I'm still sort of scratching my head. Um, so when I say lost, I've just, I feel like I used to have vision. I used to have purpose mm-hmm. and, and I, I don't see it anymore. It just mm. feels foggy. What are you looking for? Uh, that's harder to answer. I've, I've mm. asked myself that I've had others ask me that. What do you want? I don't have an answer anymore. I don't have a goal. I don't have something I'm pursuing. Mm. What's the biggest struggle you've been through in your life? severe, severe depression. Mm -hmm. Uh, So contemplation of suicide and Mm -hmm. and attempts at that. And Mm -hmm. fortunately didn't go that way, obviously, but um, really, really deep, dark night of the soul types of things. Um, Not unrelated to some of this, you know, Mm -hmm. getting to a point where you're quote unquote supposed to be and it just not feeling like a fit or like, is that all there is? Mm -hmm. Oh yes. The whole existential crisis that we all face at some point in our life. Um, what got you out of the depression in the past? Um, 
stepping into my own power in ways, learning to say no, walking away mm -hmm. from people, places, jobs, circumstances that in a lot of ways I didn't really choose for myself, mm -hmm. um, kind of untangling from, from old stories. Mm -hmm. But then once you untangle, you're looking for what's next. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of life is, you know, especially in your younger years is more multiple choice mm -hmm. than free text answers. And, and when you have the ability to write your own story, it's overwhelming. Can be. It can be, especially if we didn't have that opportunity as a child. So what aspects of you, what parts of you do you think got suppressed as a child or judged or weren't safe to fully express? Uh, a few different things. I think creativity, mm -hmm. asking for what I need. Um, I knew probably in my elementary years at some point that I was gay and mm -hmm. I was from a small place with a you know traditional family. They've, they've been incredibly supportive, but at that time, and we lived in a different world then, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't easy to be that way uh, or to feel like I belonged with boys or with girls mm -hmm. a lot of my life. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine that made you feel very lonely at times. Definitely. Yeah. So can you see how depression has, in a sense, been a way of being for you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because when we have to suppress, and even though you said it, you felt supportive, when we, okay, so let's say I walk into a room and I'm the only one with green horns in my head. And everybody says, oh, we support your green horns. Your green horns are welcome here, but I'm still the only one with green horns. I'm not going to feel as connected and as welcome as everybody else. I'm going to feel a little different. Make sense? Absolutely. And so because of that, there's going to be a part of me, because there's no one that looks like me, there's no one else with green horns, it's going to be hard to feel like I can totally be myself. I'm going to try to be more like everyone else because I'm self-conscious of my green horns. Again, even if people say, hey, you're welcome here with your green horns. And so it seems to me like you, you kind of don't know how to find joy, find um, liberation, find true expression, because the coping strategy that you had to employ from elementary school, you said, yeah, is suppression. Yeah. Yeah. What's coming up for you as I say that? Uh, I, I fully relate to that. And, you know, I, I've looked for a long time for role models or examples, you know, some sort of template to pursue. Right. Uh, and I've not found it. Right. Right. And I'm going to ask again, what are you looking for? What kind of example are you looking for? Uh somebody that found their way out of, you know, the depression and to, mm -hmm. to find joy that's sustainable and that, you know, you can continue to want to get out of bed in the morning and want to yeah. do something meaningful for yourself, even if it's small. Yeah. Well, joy is not sustainable. Contentment is. Gratitude for where we are is. Joy is an emotion and a feeling that if we were in joy all the time, we'd explode. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. And I'm a realist. I'm, I'm cool yeah, with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I'm not saying, oh, don't be joyful. I just want to have a real 
real conversation with you. But I want to go back to this suppression because you're looking for something outside of you. And this is so trite. This is the, you know, the, the most basic personal advice I'm going to give you, but we're going to dive deeper. We're going to, you're looking for something outside of you, but what really needs to happen is something needs to be liberated inside of you. And it feels like there's a, a part of you that hasn't been fully liberated yet, that hasn't been fully expressed yet, that has learned how to be in the world by following the rules and fitting in and answering the multiple choice questions. So that muscle has gotten really, really, really strong. And so now that this free text question is in front of you, it, it, the muscle for that is just really atrophied. And you probably put it away yeah. a long time ago because you said, okay, I'm already different enough. People know about it. So I'm going to stay in the multiple choice lane as long as I can. Right. Did you ever feel shame for being gay? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Growing up where I did, um, yeah. you know, other people knew it before I did really, before I had words for it or was willing to say it out loud or admit to it. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think that, and shame is, shame is, oof, it does some damage. And what do you think that shame did? Uh, I, I think I learned not to reveal too much mm -hmm. to many. Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of the, the other side of that is when I find folks it's safe to be open and revealing and, and vulnerable with, uh, I go the opposite way and give it all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, yeah, of course, when you've been in the desert, you will drink a 20 gallon glass of water if you could, because you're so thirsty for that. So what that bouncing back and forth, it, it just continues to reveal what you already know and what I'm just bringing to the present of, again, there's a part of you that just is so yearning to be seen fully for who you are. But there's a big protector part in front of it. That's like, Oh no, no, we can't fully reveal who we are. And that's why in those moments when someone's safe, it's like, what? I'm just going to show you everything because I've been hidden for so long. Yeah. So there's a younger part from my, what I'm feeling. There's a younger part inside of there that still is carrying around a bunch of shame. And that still is feeling maybe not so much that it's not safe, but more that it's better to adapt and fit in than to truly follow one's own heart. And that is going to, one, definitely make you feel depressed. And two, it's going to constantly have you seeking for something outside. It reminds me of the, the cartoon of someone in a prison cell trying to break through the bars and they're just so committed on breaking through the bars in front of them that they don't realize there's an opening behind them. Yeah. And why I think that's coming to mind for you is you're looking in a certain direction where the answer is, is more internal. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And I know that side might be like, oh, great, more personal work. And oh, what do I do with that information? And no, 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 But to me, if you are in a place of, you know, so you said you're in a place of financial, some financial freedom right now, yeah? Yes, I am. 
what, you know, if I, what my advice would be, would be stop looking for something to go and do, um, the next job, the next whatever, and really make a commitment to reclaim the part of you that had to die or hide. The part of you that shame buried. And I don't think that so much has to do with being gay per se. It's more the, the childlike part because it doesn't matter for what reason, whether we're gay or we're too tall or we're too thin or we have the wrong skin color, whatever it is, as, as children, we, most of us fundamentally decide there's something wrong with us at some point. And it's at that point where our freedom to be a child, our childish curiosity, our childish curiosity, our wonderment, our innocence, our creativity, our radical self-acceptance, it dies. It's like that the second we're shamed for a part of who we are, it's like a part of us dies inside. And so I feel that I can totally feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's up for you right now, Michael, is to reclaim that part is to go on an internal journey. Like, where is that? Where is he? You know, we don't have to find the exact age, but around what age and like, what, what did he like? And what does he want to say? And what does he want to do? And what does he want to explore? Now, was there anything as a kid that you really wanted to do that you didn't get to? Uh, all things sort of creative mm-hmm. and artistic. I would draw. I wanted to write. I ended up in business school and management consulting and things that are you know, deeply unfulfilling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of that. And it's very practical. And I, I know yeah. the reasons why I know how I got there. Yeah. Um, but all that that other stuff, that creative, artistic, yeah. um, you know, the greenhorned weirdo, yeah. kind of to follow the analogy, yeah. um, the free spirit, uh, it, it's in there and it, it mm-hmm. doesn't have the same kind of backing that yeah. the other sort of conventional pieces do. Well, unless it becomes backed by you, which is the best endorsement we could possibly have. <laughs> and the great thing about like free spirits, they embody joy. They embody self-acceptance. They embody that contentment and that, that liberation. And I think your quest is to go back and liberate that free spirited part of you. And it could be by doing things creatively. It could be by, you know, inner child work or parts work. I think it's all of the above, but it's, it's finding that peace that, because if what I have seen over the years is as children, we're very tapped into what we love and our Dharma, not necessarily, it's not necessarily so exact. Like you played fireman a lot of the kids. So that means you want to be a fireman. It's not so A to B. However, there are elements in the things that we loved as kids that show up in what we want to do in the world. Like my favorite thing, maybe for me talk about this, my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to play as a kid was teacher. <laughs> and that's in a sense what I do now. Right. I'm not a teacher directly, but I, I loved learning something and then passing it on. I loved everything about, you know, humans and interaction and all that kind of stuff. So my invitation to you is to think back to all the things that you wanted to do in childhood and then get to do and start doing them and give yourself the childhood that you didn't get. Wow. 
because you, you chose a path that was safe. And what's beautiful, and this is where we want to have no regret, is you chose a path that set you up for the kind of financial freedom to be able to go and do what you want to do now. Right. Which is beautiful. And to really appreciate it. But it's time to reclaim that free spirit. When we have parts of ourselves that, you know, are buried under shame or felt like they had to die off in some way, of course we feel depressed because we're carrying around a load of grief that we're not even aware of. You know, we're aware if someone we love dies or dealing with grief, but we're not consciously aware a lot of the time that we're carrying around grief of a childhood part of us that never got to live fully. Right. And, you know, I think in some of my specific case, the, the times when I was challenged with deeper, darker depression than even now, and the times when I was suicidal, I think it was not that I wanted my life at large to end, but those iterations of it and the things that I didn't feel like I chose, like yeah. the versions of myself I wanted released and to disappear. I've sort of tried to ruin my own professional reputation in the field. And, you know, some of these self-sabotaging things that would force me to be the free spirit because I mm -hmm. ran out of other choices. Mm -hmm. Well, imagine if you could consciously choose it rather than have to sabotage yourself. Right. That, that sounds like a cute new approach. <laughs> <laughs> Might be better for your LinkedIn profile than, than self-sabotage. You know, like it's, it's one of those things where we so desperately will fight for what we want without even knowing that we're fighting for it. And that's right. so much what sabotage is. It's, it's trying to get – we're always just looking for safety, truly. Um. But I want to talk about that, those deepest, darkest, and that those dark nights of the soul. This is something that is so, so common in super creative people. Um, because when you have that archetype of the artist inside of you, um, you also feel very, 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 very deeply. And yeah. without tools for that and without expression of that, without an outlet of that, it becomes so heavy and overwhelming. It, it leads to either sort of depression or addiction. And I've had both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is why you've got to channel that creativity and that energy and that sensitivity that comes through you and that is you. Otherwise, and I think this is what the hard part is, Michael, you've made your greatest gift and part of, you know, who you are, this creative part, also sort of the demon in your life because you think so deeply and feel so deeply, you just want to shut it off. Yeah. That's what addiction is. It's both two things. It's let me feel and let me numb at the same time. It's so funny that you say it that way. I spent a lot of time with marijuana, with, you know, what you've, you've talked a lot about numbing devices, mm -hmm. and it would give me, outside of my work world, it would give me creative 
energy and ideas and inspiration. And it would also turn off all the feels. Yep. And I've, I've stepped away from that and, you know, kind of more consciously been able to address things. Um, but I spent most of my adult years that way. Yeah. 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 Because you needed some way to manage everything. Right. You know, instead of like really accepting yourself who you are, it's been, you know, how do I manage? Right. What are the creative outlets that you really love? Uh, I read tarot. And oh, cool. Yeah, and I enjoy that thoroughly. I've worked some with clients. I've gone in and out of that space given my own work sometimes takes the stage back. Um, but I've, I've similarly thought about teaching that. I've mm -hmm. done a lot of study in that space. I, I like to write about it and reflect on it and make jokes about it. You know, like humor comes into play there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the passion I found. Funny enough, through Mastery on one of the calls a few years back, you had mentioned, you know, the, the mountains you've climbed versus the mountain you're next going to climb, you need different tools. Mm -hmm. And tarot was the tool that I found on that, you know, kind of next level. Mm. Uh, and that's been a saving grace for me. It's been sort of my self-guided therapy mm. um, on top of all the other approaches I've taken. Um, and it's something I care more about and look to daily for support. I love that. I love that. And I love that you want to share that with other people as well and write about it. And that's a way because it bridges the gap of spirituality and creativity and ticks the mental box too, which is great. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else really makes you feel free? Um, you know, I, I've sort of struggled at that. Um, I don't have a lot of hobbies anymore, you know, and, and I know a function of depression is sort of this malaise, this loss of interest in things that yes. you used to kind of care about. Um, and that's a struggle because I can know it in my head and still not sort of solve it. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times, and you know, I, you, you know, my history with depression, so I, I get it to the extent, you know, I can get it through my own experience. One thing I have sure. found is that, you know, people would ask me, you know, what, what can, what creative expressions or what hobbies, and sometimes I'd come up empty handed too. And what was more helpful for me is what are the things that create state changes in me? So I'll just give you an example. Um, if I want a state change and it's a great day, I will just go for a long drive, put on amazing music, roll down my windows and drive fast, safely, and sing <laughs> loud. And that will create a state change. You know, another thing that often will create a state change if, if I like have a, you know, some time and I just want to spend time like cooking something just for myself. So it's not necessarily that you have to find hobbies. It's more about finding ways that change your state and bring you back into connection with that free spirit. So the example of me driving in the car, windows down, music blaring, it connects me to like a little girl in a twirly dress, like twirling and twirling under a tree and just feeling really free. Yeah, so that's awesome. What I'd love you to do is think about, you know, think about everything we talked about, but also just think about things that just make you feel free, that make you feel alive and that just change a state. It doesn't have to be, okay, you got to go out and learn piano 
or you've got to go, you know, make paper airplanes. It's more about giving that part of you that was so suppressed oxygen again. And only you know what those things are. But when you find one and you have just a moment of, oh, like I feel, I feel fucking alive right now. Just, even if it's just for a second, know that you're one step closer to that part coming more and more online, but also know it could take a little time because parts of us that are buried under shame or, you know, felt like they had to die in order for us to survive. It sometimes takes a little while for them to come back online, but with consistency and with love and with encouragement and with a willingness not to expect an overnight change, but to just celebrate little moments where we feel just a little bit more like ourselves and a little bit like the fog is lifted. Then gradually over time, you know, those moments of the fog lifting become more and more and more. Yeah. But I think the one of the biggest, well, instead of me saying it, what do you think the biggest takeaway for you is from today? Uh, connecting back to, you know, I, I, you said something about giving myself the childhood I didn't have, like letting that guy have a good time for a while. Yes. And, you know, find some of the answers within, you know, sometimes a child knows more than an adult. Oh my gosh. So true. So true. You know, and, and I, I've always known <laughs> children are smarter than adults and are so tapped <laughs> into who they are and their essence, but especially after having a child and watching her over the past nearly a year, it it's just like the, who she is, is so ingrained in her and that just freedom and presence that she lives in right now. I'm going to do my best to help her preserve it. We all have it inside of us. We all do. And so this is not, and I've said this many times, I'll just reemphasize it. This is not a, what do I go and do? What job, what program, what fill in the blank? This is more of how do I go and reclaim parts of me that are suppressed, are buried, are lost? Because again, we will always feel like we're lost if there's a part of us that's missing. Yeah. And you've, like you said, you've climbed many ladders or many mountains and you've gotten to the summit and gone, oh man, this is it. Wrong mountain. I must go climb another. And you climb the next mountain. You're like, oh, oh man, this isn't it either. And by the time you climb your 90th mountain, you're like, well, maybe it's not the mountain that has the answer. Exactly. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and my legs are really tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I brought the word lost to the table. So that really makes a, a sort of a perspective change. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. I hope this helped. Absolutely helps so much. Thank you, Michael, for bringing such an important question to the show. And I love everyone that's in my mastery program because we can really cut right to it with, with the coaching. So shout out to everyone in my mastery program. And if you guys are interested in that, you just go to christinehaster.com slash mastery. So we hit upon a very, very, very important subject here. And I, I talked a lot in the episode, so I'm not going to talk too much here. I just want to speak again about how as children, in order to survive, and feeling like we belong is a way we need to survive. In order to survive, we often cut off parts of us. 
So there was probably a time in your life where you were told something or a look was given to you or you were criticized or you were left out of something and you decided a part of you was wrong. And it probably didn't just happen once. And because of that, there's a part of you that died inside or is buried under a really heavy shame blanket. And now as an adult, you're walking around looking for something, a relationship, a job, a new city, whatever it may be to make you feel alive again, to make you feel something because you just feel nothing except yucky feelings. And as I said to Michael, this is some of the most trite, overused personal advice out there, personal development advice out there. But it is true that whatever we're looking for outside of us has to be found inside. And so what my coaching to Michael is really about is reclamation, reclaiming that part that had to die, had to hide, had to be buried, and bringing that part back into life. Because when we have these childlike parts that are so full of life and so full of authenticity and they're cut off, of course we're going to feel dead inside. Of course we're going to feel lost because those were huge, 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 huge parts of our life. It's like a car with no steering wheel. Good luck getting around anywhere. You can sit in it. You can rev the engine. You can play the radio. The radio. Oh my God, I'm dating myself. But you can't go anywhere. And so... That's what it feels like. It feels like we're without a steering wheel when we have these parts of us that we don't even know we're cut off from because we're just conditioned to believe that the answer is out there. So the biggest takeaway for you today is reclamation. What parts of you do you need to reclaim because it's time for them to come alive again so you can come alive again? All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.